Hello, welcome to episode 6 of the Mildly Unstable podcast. From this point on, episodes of the podcast will no longer be censored due to a lack of authenticity caused by censorship. Thank you for understanding. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to episode six. I want to say six. This is episode six yeah. of Mildly Unstable. And uh, last week we took a little bit of a hiatus because uh, I was burnt out and then we were just very busy. Um, yeah. So we took a little bit of a hiatus. I feel like a lot has happened. You turned 21. I did turn 21. You're yeah. old now. I'm Welcome old. to I'm it. I'm basically 30. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm gonna get a lot of hate for that. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought you were gonna say I'm basically dead, and I was no, like, oh, I'm oh my god. And Danielle's gonna watch this and, and be very she's, upset. She's gonna give me a lot of crap for that. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so we've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, I am bipolar, and uh, for those of you who don't know. Um, I am on medication, and it helps me deal with it very well, and it's great, and I've been super regulated, um, except for last night, which, yeah. <laughs> um, around 11.30, I started getting very manic, Yeah. and I never went to bed last night. I stayed up all night. I was doing homework all night, and mm-hmm. I just stayed up, and I worked on my novel, and I did homework and um and then at like four o'clock in the morning I took a shower mm-hmm. and then at like five thirty I got dressed mm-hmm. and then at seven I went to McDonald's and I got breakfast and mm-hmm. I picked up um cookies because they Treat have yourself. like fresh baked cookies Treat yourself. so I was like you know what I'll do is I'll get one of those like tote things that they have like the 13 yeah the, the, and they warm yeah. up in the morning mm, and I'll I love bring those it to my 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. and I'll have cookies for everybody and it'll be that great. is so cute you're so thoughtful so I forgot that there's only like 12 people in my class and I got 30 cookies <laughs> and I and meanwhile I'm feral I'm absolutely yeah you un- haven't un- slept I haven't you're slept. I'm unhinged. Un- unhinged I'm manic and so I got these cookies and i'm like 30 cookies absolutely everybody's gonna want cookies yeah and i go to eight class, in the morning uh, at eight o'clock in the morning. everyone just rolled out of bed everybody's gonna want a chocolate chip cookie so i go to class and everybody's like good morning and i'm like i brought cookies and i'm like i got cookies so i like put them down and everybody's like coming and taking one um and then at the end of it i have half of a tote left and a full tote that nobody touched oh my god you're gonna have cookies for so weeks. i was like jesus christ so one of the kids was like, can I have another cookie? I was like, do you just want the whole thing? Uh, I he love took that. It. He took it. Good for him. And I was like, great. That, but then I had, like, more cookies I had to get yeah. rid of. Because I wasn't going to eat them. Yeah. So I, like, gave one. I, I went to where I work and gave mm-hmm. some to my coworker. I love that. And then I gave some to the therapists at school, at, when I went, uh-huh. in the office when I went to therapy. Yeah. Today. Um... And I, just, I was just like... You're like Santa. Like, I gave one to the the person who was like, 
doing the ID like swipe yes. at the lunch at oh, the that's dining so hall. Funny. I was like, Do you want a cookie? And she was like, Yeah, sure. I just walked up to this girl that I know was in psychology club and dining hall and I was like, Do you want a cookie? And she was like, Yeah. And then I was like and I said to her friend, I was like, Do you want a cookie? And she was like, Yeah. And I, I just was like I was walking around just like yeah. bringing season's greetings. I really like, like how nobody was cookies. like this is a stranger. Yeah. Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't take a Nobody. cookie from this yeah. person. I like that collective vibe of the college. Like, thing sure. About it was there's a um, there's a worker in the dining hall who's mm-hmm. Italian and he yeah. does all the pizza and the and like yeah. stuff like that and he makes like pepperoni bread. It's so good, delicious. Um, and he is from Naples. That's cool. So he speaks Italian, and I'm learning Italian. Yeah, because um, you're going to Italy soon. I'm going to Italy soon. I'm studying abroad uh, in the spring. So I'm, I'm learning Italian, and I go to talk to him, and I go over, and I'm like, oh, buongiorno, dom, come stai, which is, you know, good morning, how are you? Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he says, like, you know, I'm good. And he says, how are you? And I, I said, yo, oh, benissimo. And he goes, oh, you're learning. And I was like, yeah, I'm learning. <laughs> Like you knew, you know how to say how are you now? And I was like, yeah, I, I got a book. I got a book. Want a cookie? I want a, and I offered him a cookie, and he took the cookie. And he was I love like, that. Oh, you're my favorite person now. And I, was I like, love yeah, that. Thanks. I love that. Thanks, Dom. Um, it was pretty funny, but I, that's why I sound like a dead man walking right yeah. now. I think you have every I'm, right to be a little bit, mu- a, a little, little bit of a dead man walking. I, I took a nap for about two hours. Yeah, but that's um, still, that's but not enough. I've been awake since 11.30 yesterday morning. Yeah. So, You're going um, through it, Chief. How many hours is that? That's that is almost, almost 48. Almost 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely feral. Is it almost 48 or is it almost 36? I'm incredibly wrong. You are correct. It 36. is almost 36. It's I almost 36 hours. I'm very bad at math. Tonight at 11.30, it'll be 36 hours. Yeah, that makes that sense. I haven't slept. For some reason, I forgot that 36 comes wild, before 48. Which is wild. Which is, I could never, like, do, like, when people, like, stay up for days at a time. Yeah. Like, I could never do that because... One, I know that it's common to hallucinate when that happens, and that's Very, scary as hell. That's never terrifying. And I don't want to. You don't want to. <laughs> I've been that person who's stayed up for three or four days for my finals, and you start seeing stuff out of the corner of your eye. Yeah. It's And I'm very much a spiritual person. I believe in ghosts. Yeah. So I start bugging out. Yeah. I'm like, this is yeah. it. This Common is it. hallucinations are also um, bugs. Yeah. That you hallucinate bugs, or I don't know why. This is so random, but you hallucinate that when you open your eyes, there's an old person's face. Yes, I've heard about that. That's terrifying. Just terrifying because I think if I ever woke up and there was an old person's face just right in front of me, I think I I would turn to dust. I I would uh, cease to exist. Yeah. On the spot. (laughs) On the spot, I would cease to exist. It was, yeah. So I could never stay up for like days at a time. Yeah. It's because not smart. It, it, it's it's not smart. It's not it's not the move. Yeah, not this move. wasn't I'm this your choice now. Yeah, like imagine if this was like two days from now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I almost had to pull over on Route eighty oh on my the God. way home today because oh I was, my God, I was like started. I was getting very tired. Yeah, and I was really struggling to keep my eyes open. Mm-hmm. So I was going like. 85 on Route 80 because I was like I have to get home as fast as possible. I get that. <laughs> I was like, so it was it was rough. Yeah. Um. So today has been a very interesting day. Um, yeah. So I was manic until probably I was manic from like 
probably like 2 a.m. to like 10 a.m. Yeah, that's like a decent chunk and then of time. I had like the coming off of it, which usually takes about two hours. Yeah. So by the time I got to therapy, I was calm. Mm-hmm. But the coming off of it, like the coming down, takes a while too. Yeah. And, and I can imagine it's exhausting. Yeah, and with my meds, this happens like twice a year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I never get manic episodes like that. Mm-hmm. It never happens. Uh, well, not it's not that it never happens. It's just not anymore. It's so rare yeah. that it happens. Like, this used to happen to me all the time, and I would mm-hmm. be up for two days, three days. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't sleep for two, three days. Um, but it's so uncommon now mm-hmm. in my life that it's, like, it's different. You know? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's so uncommon that it hits different when it does happen. Yeah. And it almost, like, feels worse. I can imagine it's scary. Yeah. You know? It, it doesn't seem scary. like something that you're... Anyone and would be comfortable I, and in. And, of course, I didn't have my Xanax because I was like, no, I'm fine. Yeah, the one time that you're like, I don't need it, I'll be okay. I have months. I haven't had a panic attack in months. It's fine. It's okay. It's I won't need it. And then... The universe was like, yeah, you thought, honey. Was like, you're dumb. Yeah. yeah. The universe was like, fuck you. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I have different plans. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm going to try and leave the okay. podcast today. Yeah, just because I I was setting up the, yeah. um, <laughs> the mics today. Yeah. And I was like, I was, I, I literally was like a fish out of water. Like, I'm usually so good at this. And I was like, where do these wires go? Yeah, normally I sit down and Ray's like, I got this, don't touch it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, where and then you're like, yell into the mic. And I'm like, all right. And then we're we're done and we're good. And they were just sitting there and they were like, how? Yeah. Where do plugs? I was like, where do these wires go? <laughs> <laughs> and I felt so stupid. I was like, where do, where do these wires go? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what goes where? And then I forgot a plug at school, so we're sharing a mic instead yeah. of each of us having our own. It's okay. We're making it work. We're making, we're making we're it work. We're making do. We're thriving. We're making do. Um, yes. So today's episode, we wanted to... We were supposed to have a guest today, but he had to cancel. Um, he strained his voice in a rehearsal. Oh. Um, so uh, he wasn't... A, he's on vocal rest. Yeah, I was going to so, say vocal rest um, sounds like a very good idea. Yeah, so we are going to uh, have this episode we're going to talk a little bit about um gender roles and Mm -hmm. gender stereotypes yeah and things that are expected from certain genders and if you express your gender a certain way like gender expression even yeah like what people expect from you absolutely so what is your stance on this um i find a lot of people don't realize that these are still things that exist yeah um especially men not to toss them under the not to, not to toss them under the bus, under the bus like that <laughs> but like i my mom is most <laughs> go ahead throw them under the bus <laughs> um i find that for guys especially like straight cis guys especially yes. straight cis white men especially straight cis heterosexual white men. white men absolutely they don't really 
they're, nothing is really expected of them that's out of the ordinary. They don't have to present themselves a different way. They don't have to dress specific ways around specific groups yeah. of people or mm-hmm. like is very common with black men having to code switch between people that you are around mm-hmm. and new groups. You don't have to change yourself. You're just yeah. kind of like, I'm here in my basketball shorts and oversized t-shirt and that's cool and everyone's like, you go, man. Yeah. Um, I find that, and I can only speak from somebody who identifies as cisgender. I was born a girl, and I identify as a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that nowadays it's very much women are expected to do everything and more now. Yes. Like in the no, 50s, it was very much like, you know, you stay home, you take care of the kids. You look pretty and and just let the husband let do the, the husband work. do the work. And yeah. that was really rooted out of sexism yeah. and misogyny. Mm-hmm. And people seem to think that because we now have voting rights and because women can work and right now I believe that fifty nine percent of uh, college attendees in the United States at least are women. Mm-hmm. Um, that that doesn't exist. But now we're expected to go to work and we're expected to get straight A's in school mm-hmm. we're expected to get in a relationship early yeah I know so many people my age I'm 21 I've been with my partner for three years I know so many people who are like I'm 22 I'm gonna die alone and I'm like oh, take a 20 take a breath and they're like but look at you you're in this happy relationship and I'm like that I fell into that yeah. and that's not to take away from it I'm very lucky my partner is absolutely wonderful yeah, he's a good dude. but I fell into it. I fell into it when I was very much like, I'm going to be single. I was newly out of a really toxic relationship. Yeah. And I fell into it. And, you know, I find that relationships are very expected of women. And if you're not in a relationship, then you're expected to date or you're expected to go out and go home with guys. You want to be in a relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And it's still this idea, I feel like, of... um, you still need a partner. It's not so much a man, because now, at least with the people that I surround myself with, it's more accepted. Hope I would hope so, because it's twenty twenty one. To have partners who identify as different things, whether it be non binary or gender non conforming, or mm-hmm. whether you're gay or mm-hmm. bi or yeah. any other sexuality. But I find that now it's very much like you're a woman. You need a partner. Yeah, you're. You can't be complete. On your own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like all of that was just very much, like, word scramble. No, no, (laughs) I I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. I definitely do feel like that. I do feel like women, um, especially, like, younger adult, like, young adult women, like, have this expectation for themselves where, you know, like... And I'm gender non-conforming, but at the same time, like, I do feel this external pressure from people who don't know my gender. Mm-hmm. And even people who do know my gender, I do feel that external pr- pressure of, um, you know, the expectation that I'm going to be in a relationship. Yeah. And the expectation of looking for something and that eventually I'm going to... And yes, I do eventually want to get married and be a parent, mm-hmm. but like that should not be expected of people. Absolutely not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of anybody. That shouldn't be expected of anybody. And 
women especially get this pressure of like you have to have this you have to have a professional life you have to have a family life you have to get great grades in school like you have to be like top notch and you have to do it before you're like 28 yeah and it's like all these people are like it's like they put a deadline on, on living on like you know living your life and i feel like they put a deadline on and th- that whole thing about like your biological like your body i have a whole thing to say about that I think don't even garbage. get me started what do you have to say about that oh my god okay so we both have and i think it's garbage. we both have pcos yeah um and that i don't know about you that runs in my family like yeah everybody has it yeah um and i find that it's not only expected of you to want kids it's expected of you in your femininity to be able to have kids and if you can't then you're not a real woman yeah and then you know there's the attitude that people very much and like if you can't have kids then like like there was backlash um on age of ultron Mm -hmm. do you remember avengers age of ultron of course and there was that scene where natasha and um where Black Widow and um, Bruce Banner mm-hmm. are talking, mm-hmm. and um, he's saying like he's saying that they could never be together because like he could never have kids because mm-hmm. like if he got too angry like he'd Hulk out. Yeah, and she's like, well, I could never have kids either. Mm-hmm. And she was like, and she tells him that when she was in like the when she was being trained to be an assassin, that they forcibly sterilized her. Yeah, um, and she. There was so much backlash over this one line that she yeah. says after she tells him that she was forcibly sterilized and that she can't have kids. Um, she says, you're not the only monster. And it's like, yeah. why are you suggesting that because you can't have kids that you're a monster? Yeah. like, And it was like, and I, I understand if she was trying to say, like, I was raised as an assassin and, like, stuff like that. But it was directly after yeah that leaves a bad taste in people's mouths so it had to (laughs) had to have something it had to have something to do with that so it it there is this expectation that you will have kids and like it'll be conventional and stuff like that um and if you don't want kids or if you can't have kids a lot of people will shame people for that oh my god yeah they'll look down on you and especially not uh, so much um no yeah if you can't have kids you do people still do get shamed but then they're like oh you could adopt and like all this stuff um but then there's the flip side of it of like i don't want kids yeah and people are like well you're disgusting yeah like what do you hate them it's like you'll never know love until you have kids which is insane like I'm sure it's a different kind of love. Of course. And, like, yes, I do want to be a parent someday, and I'm sure it'll be a very different kind of love than I've experienced before, but I don't know if I'll never know love until I have kids. Yeah. Like, I have very deep love for a lot of people in my life. Yeah. And I highly doubt that it's valid that I will never know love until I have my kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's, like... The further flip side of all of that, mm-hmm. and then when a woman does become a mother, she's shamed for her entire personality being, mm-hmm. I'm a mother. Yeah. They're like, oh, what happened to you? You had kids and now you can't have fun. You had kids and it's only, like, it's the only thing in your life. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, right now it is the most important thing in yeah. my life. I'm in charge 
for another human being's survival. Exactly. If I don't make sure that this tiny human survives, it won't. Yeah. Yes, this is the most important thing in my life right now. Like, I am keeping a legitimate human alive in my house right now. One of my best friends, uh, Chelsea, Mm -hmm. um, got pregnant young Mm -hmm. and um, was... uh, well, technically she was an adult, but she was, I think she was mm-hmm. 18 when she had her first That's son. still very young. It's still pretty young. I, I was going to say, I don't think it's a teen mom because she's an adult, but she was 18 mm-hmm. um, and she had her first son. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like her telling me that she didn't want the fact that she was a mom mm-hmm. to mean that she wouldn't have a social life anymore because she was so young. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we were talking about her having kids and this is controversial but i don't think i have the right to tell anybody what to do with their body absolutely so whatever she decided to do when she found out that she was pregnant i was going to support yeah, that that's your job as as her friend and you know as much as i don't think i have the right to tell anybody about what to do with their um body i am I am in favor of giving the kid a chance. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I am in favor of... I, I am in favor of... This This is hard for me to describe. Mm-hmm. I personally don't agree with mm-hmm. abortion. Mm-hmm. But I think that if somebody... It's the only option they have, mm-hmm. then do it. I Or... Yeah. or even if it's not the only option you have and you're just not ready to be a mom. Yeah. If you can't, that's your choice. If you are unable, whether that be financially, mm-hmm. mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. whether that be that you are in a really dangerous relationship, yeah. whether that be you're single, if you are unable to give your child a life where you can guarantee that they will be comfortable and loved and not fighting to keep alive every day yeah you know if you can if you can't guarantee that then that should always yeah, be an it's option your right it's, it's you know your right to choose what to do with your own body absolutely and that being said when she told me that she was going to do the mom thing mm-hmm. i was proud of her i was yeah. proud of her for deciding that that was what she was going to do and i thought that that was a good decision to make because it's the decision that i would have made yeah and um Obviously, like I said, I would have supported her no matter what she did. Yeah. But I, I, I was very, I found it very admirable that she was like, no, I'm going to do this right. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to do the mom thing. Yeah. And Especially because that must have been so scary. Yeah. And she was a foster kid, so she didn't want to do, um, she the foster system. Foster I don't system. blame her. It's not and a great system. I totally get that. It was, she was in the system for a while before she got adopted and, it's a nightmare, and I, I would never, yeah. I, I, I could understand why she didn't want to put her son through that. So she was like, I'm going to do this my way, and, well, that's what I mean when she said, I'm going to do this right. She was like, I'm yeah. going to do this my way. There's no one right way to do anything. Yeah. But she was like, I'm going to do this my way. And so she raised him, and now she's married with three beautiful children. Good for her. I love my nephews, and she has this lovely little life in uh, Georgia. Um, she lives on base with her husband. That's so cute. Um, it's it's great, and I was I was really pleased with her um, when she decided to still have her son, um, and I remember that we decided that what we were going to do 
was I and we decided that to hang out instead of me going out with her, I would just mm-hmm. come over. I would just hang out yeah. with her and the baby at the house. Oh. And if she was tired, we would do it for another day. Um, but we began just hanging out, like, at home. Mm-hmm. Like, that was when I realized that I prefer a night in. Yeah. Because I really do enjoy, um, I really did enjoy just the nights where we would just sit home and, like, watch movies. And, yeah. Like, make sure the baby was okay. And that was really, that was really nice. And we did that with all, with both of her kids. She had her third son in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, but with two, her first two sons, we did that. That was mm-hmm. what we did. Um, over the summer one year, I went to her house every weekend of the summer mm-hmm. until she moved. I went over there every weekend. And it was great. We had a great time and we would just hang out at home. And yeah. it was it was just really nice to get to spend that time with her. Um but being a mom was a huge part of her identity. Mm-hmm. And while we did still hang out, sometimes it's really hard yeah. for moms to hang out. Because some people um, don't really want to just sit home. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was willing to do it because I wanted to spend time with her. But some people are like, oh, you're no fun anymore. Like, I don't want to yeah. just sit home. like, spend so the entire the day. there's expectation to have kids. Yeah. But then there's the expectation to still function the way you used yeah. to. People expect... Which, when you bring a life into the world, it changes everything. Yeah. You're not going to function the same way you used to. So there's all these expectations with that aspect of gender. And it's it's very it's it's very frustrating, and I understand why a lot of people um, do get sick of the idea of gender roles and gender yeah. expression or uh, gender expectations. I don't know who's sick of gender expression. That would be <laughs> gender expectations. I'm tired. Gender expectations and uh, stereotypes. Yeah, and like this is like you're a woman. You have to be a wife and a mother. Yeah, and it's like no, I don't. I'm gonna be a lawyer, and I'm gonna sleep with whoever I want and yeah. like you know like do do your thing go like, off queen you know like no I don't I'm fully supportive of the idea that nobody can tell somebody else how to live their life absolutely I'm pro-choice in every sense of the word yeah. pro-choice in if you want to get married or if you don't or all this stuff like I don't think I have the right to tell anybody what to do with their life exactly especially because I'm such a mess I feel like it's <laughs> not fair for me to tell somebody the correct way to do things. That's how I feel, too. I feel about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think this is the right way to do it, so you have to do that. Like, that is crazy. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. to think that I'm so much better than somebody, to be like, you should do it my way. And it's like, what do I know? I'm this little twerp. I'm a 21-year-old. Twerp? I'm a 21-year-old twerp. That, like, doesn't really know that much. And, like, I made the joke of, like, yeah, I'm, I'm basically 30. I'm 21. Yeah. I am an adult. But I still have so much growing up to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. I, I don't think... I don't think you can tell somebody what to do with their life until you are 100% absolutely perfect. Absolutely. And that is so not realistic. No one will ever be that. Mm-hmm. That I feel like no one can tell somebody else what to do with their life or their body. Absolutely. I just that's just how I feel, and I feel like expectations are not fair. Not and at I all. Feel like these expectations of you should get married and you should have kids and you should, but you should also have a degree and you should like you or and then there's the expectation of. Some people expect you to be a stay-at-home mom, and some people expect you to be a working mom and make yeah. it work. 
and like you know they're stay-at-home dads and you know yeah. but men have that expectation as well to be the 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 the, the, the fire bearer the the, the breadwinner the breadwinner oh my god <laughs> the fire bearer isn't that a thing no, no like the fi- like I'm gonna I'm make this fire, up. you know like, I'm gonna look this up no. I don't think you're correct am I wrong you might be am I just is it is it just the sleep deprivation it <laughs> might be is that not a term it's a song are you googling it what is a forebearer a forebearer that might be what you're thinking is that of. what it is the definition of a forebearer is an ancestor or a person from whom you descended. An example of a forebearer is your great grandfather. Noun. Okay, so I was way off. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm going to be calling so, it the firebearer from fire now bearer. on, and I must be it. <laughs> <laughs> the breadwinner. Yeah. Um, like that Casey Musgraves which song. Which is funny because um, uh, this is totally off topic, but my sister is vegetarian. And they told me once about this story of somebody telling them that instead of saying bringing home the bacon, they were bringing home the bagels. I love that. And I thought that was hilarious. For a hot second, I thought you were going to be like, my sister's vegetarian and they only eat bread. (laughs) And I was going to be like, you know what? Good for them. Full bread diet. That's iconic. My sister's (laughs) constantly bloated. (laughs) Full, a high, a massive carb intake. Yeah. Constantly it's, bloated. It's like that list from The Grinch where he's like 7 a.m. self, self <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Following self <laughs> Like 8 a.m. Pumpernickel for breakfast. 8 a.m. 12 p.m. Sesame bagel. Sesame bagel. <laughs> 2 p.m. Rye bread. No seeds. And like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but they, they, they told me about that saying of, like, bringing home the bagels instead of bringing home I the love bacon, that. which I thought was really funny. Um, but regardless, uh, the idea of, like, a breadwinner. Like, yeah. some men are perfectly happy with being a stay-at-home dad. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. What? <laughs> oh, okay. My mom, my mom was making a suggestion, and I didn't know what she was saying. I was like, what? Um... My mom's doing work at the other end of the table. Thanks for letting us <laughs> infiltrate infiltrate <laughs> your uh, office, um, aka the dining room. Um, but uh, there is this expectation of men to go out and work and yeah. earn the money, and the women stays home with the children. If and anybody's gonna stay home, it's the mom. And then if the mom like, is the one out making the bank or is a lawyer or like a woman in STEM all of a sudden they're too aggressive they're too they're they're overbearing they're They're too power they're a bitch bitch. they're a bitch yeah and it's like what we we can't win we can't win no and it's it's crazy to me and I find it interesting that these people put these expectations on women and even when they do like, tr- like, go the path of trying to meet mm-hmm. these expectations. They're like, well, you're not doing it the right way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, you're getting your degree, but you're only a part-time student. Or, like, you're getting a master's degree, but you're a part-time student. 
like that you're not doing it the right way yeah like you're meeting the expectation but not the way i want yeah you're not working 40 hours a week and also doing 15 credits i'm sorry you're wrong and then like no one will step back for a second and see how hard that is yeah and it's it's infuriating it's absolutely absolutely infuriating because like where do you get off telling me what i'm doing wrong and right yeah and when am i considered doing it right yeah when when am i gonna meet your standard yeah and when will my opinion matter yeah and i feel like we have these we have these uh expectations for ourselves and sometimes they're self-imposed absolutely self-imposed my sister was 4.0 dean's list every semester yeah I'm fighting right now for a 3.0 because my freshman year when I was struggling with my depression and my suicidal ideation, my GPA took a nosedive and that's fine because I feel like the fact that I was just trying to get through each day and you did it and you kicked life's butt and here you are. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Thank you. Um, you know, like I expect myself to be 4.0 4.0 GPA Dean's List every semester because my sister did it. And we we see other people do these things and we're like, well, they're clearly doing it right. Like everybody around me is telling them that is telling me that they're doing it right, so I have to do it that way. Yeah. And then I have like breakdowns like during like quarantine and like over my sophomore year when I was still kind of like getting mm-hmm. my life together. Um, I would have like breakdowns to my parents and I would be like Oh, I'm never going to have a 4.0. I'm never going to be a Dean's List. And they were like, we didn't tell you that you have to do that. Yeah. Nobody told you you had to do that. Yeah. And I was like, but Jay did it. And my sister was like, my friends were really smart. I felt like I had to keep up. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. I was, I was like, what do you mean? So, like, this, and it's crazy because, like, I... And it's, it's also crazy how, like, mental health can change the way you act and, like, perform so much. Because I started treating my ADHD, I got my mental health together, without even really trying that hard. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm putting in crazy amounts of effort. Um, I have all A's and a B plus, which I have no doubt I'm going to bring up to an A. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to have straight A's, a 3.8 GPA. Um, of the semester, a 3.0 overall, and I'm going to make Dean's List this semester. Yeah. That is what I'm slated to do this semester. Good for you, dog. Nobody told me I had to do that. Yeah. I just got my mental health to a place where I'm capable of doing it. Yeah. I used to be very good in school without even trying. I was the same way. I was very good in school without even trying. And then my mental health... Took a nosedive. Took a nosedive, and I was struggling so much. My ADHD got so much worse that I I couldn't get myself above water. Yeah. And then I started taking care of all that. And now I'm back to a place where I don't really feel like I'm trying that hard. I feel like I'm doing the bare minimum. And I'm getting these stellar grades that I knew I was capable of. But I was at the point where I was like, maybe I just have to accept that I'm a mediocre student. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm... I'm slated to be Dean's List this semester. Like, that's a reaching goal. But if I get that B+, plus, it's an 87. If I get an 87 up to an A, I have straight A's. Yeah. And I have a, a 3.8 semester GPA, a 3.0 GPA, maybe higher, like a 3.02, and uh, Dean's List. And that would be insane. That yeah. would be crazy. Um, but 
nobody was expecting that from me. I told my dad, I was like, I don't want you to be disappointed in me. And my dad was like, just graduate. Yeah. Like, just get your degree and I'll be happy. Like, just don't drop out and don't fail out and I'll be happy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, thanks. So, you know, like, we self-impose these expectations on ourselves. Very much so. Because we see other people achieving things that other... We see people around us are achieving things and other people are like, that's the way to do it they're doing it right. And yeah. it's like, oh, well, clearly I have to do it that way. Yeah. But, like, I wasn't capable of doing things that way for a long time. Mentally, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. And, but now I am, but I had these expectations for myself, and I was feeling like I wasn't meeting my own expectations, mm -hmm. and it was making me feel worse about myself. Yeah. And I feel like it's it's just crazy to me how other people's expectations become our expectations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, for a long time, like, you know, it, it was crazy. For a long time, um, I, you know, I was, in, I was in a really horrible relationship mm -hmm. before I dated my ex, Keith. And um, I, for a long time after that, because I was so not in the place to be dating mm -hmm. until I started dating Keith, which was almost four years later. Mm -hmm. um, I was so, like, I had this belief where I was like, I'm clearly just going to die alone. Yeah. And it was, and I was like, I was, I was like 17, 18, 19. You know what I mean? Like, going into being 20. I feel like at that time, you feel like it's a race against the clock. You feel like it's a race against the clock because all these people around you yeah. are feeling like they're racing against the clock. So they're dating people, and they're going out, yeah. and they're, like, seeing, and there's, like, a new boyfriend every other week. Yeah. And it's, like, like no shame on them. But if you're doing it because that makes you happy, great. If you're doing it because you feel like that's expected of you, and you have to like, meet this, like, unrealistic yeah. timeline that people are setting, then I just, it's not good. No. You know what I mean? Like, it's not healthy to feel like you have to adhere to somebody else's schedule. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, whenever I get married and have kids, it'll be great. No matter how old I am. No yeah. matter what I'm doing. It'll be great no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um... And when I meet whoever I'm going to marry, you know, that'll be great no matter how old I am. It'll yeah. be great that I'm with that person. It doesn't matter if I'm 24 or 28. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if I don't get married till I'm 32, that's not a huge... Like, why yeah. is that a problem? Exactly. You know what I mean? And the whole, like, biological clock thing, if we go back to that, has been pushed back so much as well. Yeah. Like, originally it was like, you shouldn't have kids after 35. And now it's like, you shouldn't have kids after, like, 42. Like, it, yeah. it got pushed back so much. But even so, um, in... It, I think it depends on the hospital and, and your uh, yeah. obstetric doctor and all yeah. that. But some pregnancies after the age of 30 are considered geriatric yeah. pregnancies. Yeah. Imagine at the age of 30. Imagine if being like, called, called geriatric. geriatric. Yeah. Like, what? Imagine, like, just just moving into your own apartment. Yeah. Or, like, just buying a house. And someone being like, all right, we're considering this a geriatric pregnancy. Yeah. And it's like, what do you mean you're considering?
considering it a geriatric pregnancy. Yeah. It's, I am 30 years old. Yeah. It's, so I think the whole, like, body clock thing is... It's absolute it is, bullshit. I think it's just... I yeah. Think it's, I think it's a societal thing that people use For sure. to pressure women to have kids. Of course. I, I was very, very, very lucky. Um... It was always instilled for me back to le- back to going like to expected to get married and all that stuff. Yeah, my mom didn't have my twin sisters until she was forty. Yeah, so she didn't have me until she was thirty-eight. So yeah. for my entire life, it was constantly instilled in me: there is no rush. Mm-hmm. Like I was also, my parents were very strict when I was growing up, which mm-hmm. they were protecting me. So like, go off. Yeah. They did a good job. I'm here. I'm alive. Yeah, <laughs> um, but. It was always pushed to me that, like, there is no rush. You know what I there mean? There is no rush. There's no rush. And even now, like, with my current partner, he's brought up, like, uh, he's now 25. He's like, you know, once I get settled in and have a salary job and I'm comfortable with stuff, like, I'm ready. I'm set. And I straight up am like, no, not until I'm in my master's program. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I was I like, you can get way. down on one knee. 10, 12, 14 times. I'm going to say no until I have... Until a, you're ready. Until I have my degree yeah. and my acceptance letter in the other hand. Yeah, because you have to be ready. Yeah. Yeah, you need to be ready for that. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of... Especially people our age... Yeah. Weren't taught that. No. You know, I feel like... When I was graduating high school, a lot of these girls were already on their second kid. And yeah. they were happy, and I'm so happy for them. And some of them seem absolutely over the moon. And you know what? If that's what brings you happiness in your life, I am so unbelievably happy that you found that. Yeah. And go off, live your best life. Mm-hmm. But I could, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. It. And yeah. I, there were also so many people who were getting engaged junior year of high school and yeah. married, and now they're divorced at 21. Yeah, I honestly, which is insane. I could not imagine like doing any of that before I was absolutely ready. Yeah. Like it's a lot. Like I give Chelsea, my my best friend, uh one of my best friends, a lot of credit. Yeah. Because if I had been in school and I had found out I was pregnant, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. I would have been so screwed over. Because I just don't have the capability to like, like I didn't want to, like, have to consider dropping out of school. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to have to consider not going to college and stuff yeah. like that to raise a child or waiting to go to college. And so I was, you know, like, I was at a point where I was like, I do not want kids right now. Yeah. And it would, it would not be a good thing if I got pregnant right now. And that will change in the future. Like, eventually I'm going to be like, it would be a great thing if I got pregnant right now. Yeah. Um, but... Right now, that's not that's not the move. <laughs> that's not the move. So it's just you know there are these expectations for people to and people adhere to it so much that they overcompensate yeah. and they do things so early. Yeah, you know, like um, a girl that I used to know um, that I I go to I used to kind of be friends with. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, um, when we were in our freshman year of college dated somebody for mm-hmm. six months, got engaged, um, was planning a whole wedding, and then it uh, event it ended up being broken off. But she wanted to get married and get pregnant immediately. Yeah, and it was it was it it, it wasn't it, it was so such a foreign idea to me because I'm in no rush. Yeah. I'm in no rush. 
Same. So it was just such a, it was, it was so foreign to me. And if that's what she wanted to do, then great. That's what she wanted to do. But I feel like a lot of people wouldn't want to do things like that so young and so early if we didn't feel like it was expected to do it at a, at a certain time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I feel like if we didn't feel like we had to adhere to a specific timeline, um, I, I feel like that would be yeah. so much better. Absolutely. I, I feel like a lot of people would feel very differently about things. For sure. You know what I mean? And a lot of people would probably do things very differently. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's 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 interesting to me that we have those expectations for yeah. for people. And you know, I do want to touch on this a little bit. There are certain expectations on how people present themselves and what as well. Oh my god, yeah. So, regardless of gender, I feel like everyone is expected to present themselves a certain way. Absolutely. If you are a cisgender man um or uh, just a man, if you identify as a male, um, a lot of people will expect you to dress very masculine and, yeah. like, dress, you know, nothing feminine, very, like, alpha male, yeah. um, you know, like, you have to dress a certain way. And then if you're a female, or yeah. if you identify female, um, you are expected to dress very beautiful and always be dressed up yeah. and never leave the house without makeup yeah. and like stuff like that. And there are those expectations. And then there's even expectations for people like me who are non-binary, yeah. which is like, okay, well you identify as not having a gender. So you have to present androgynous. Yeah. I feel like that's a thing. Which we touched it, uh, on in our, episode about your gender expression yeah, yeah we did like there's the expectation to present yourself a certain way so your gender seems more valid to other people yeah you know what i mean like when i came out people were like you know okay prove it and i said okay and so i started dressing more masculine because i was assigned female at birth yeah so i started dressing more masculine and if someone who is assigned male at birth comes out as non-binary, they might feel the need to start dressing more feminine. Absolutely. Because, like, people almost expect you to outwardly validate your own gender to other people. Yeah. And I find that so crazy. That it's like, why can't you just listen to me saying that this is what I am? Yeah. And not make me have to prove it to you. Do you know what I mean? It, why can't you respect what I am comfortable why with? Why can't you just respect the way I identify? And why are you expecting me to validate you? Why do I have to validate the way you think I should look? Yeah. Do you well, know what I mean? Exactly. Like, why, why do you feel so self-important that you think I need to validate myself to make you feel better and about it's my the expression? Same thing with men and women. Yeah. If a man wants to dress in a feminine manner, I mean, I don't think clothes have gender, but if a man, if, do I. If, uh, if a man or someone who identifies male wants to dress in a more feminine manner, then do it. Go off. I don't. I don't see the issue. If you want to paint your nails, if yes. you want to wear makeup, if you want to wear feminine colors, which is yeah, bullshit, of um, course, you know. 
do it. Like, but we have this expectation of, no, you have to look a certain way. Yeah. You have to look a certain way as a male. You have to look a certain way as a female. Like, I know plenty of girls that are like, I don't want to have to wear makeup every freaking day. And I don't want to have to be dressed to the nines to go to the grocery store. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have to have, I don't want to have to look a certain way for people to validate me yeah and that's that's so not fair that people are expected to present a certain way and are expected to look a certain way yeah based on their gender absolutely or lack thereof yeah and i feel like it even it even seeps into sexuality yeah i've noticed um i've really only noticed it through like social media i've never mm-hmm. really noticed it through anything but it's like the stereotype that like you have to cuff your jeans if you're bisexual or if you're a lesbian you have to dress more masculine but still keep your long hair and do your makeup because god forbid you're not being feminine in some sort of way and you know it's it's just it knows no end it's insane why can't you just accept that they have to be camp they have to be over the top and and there's that idea that bisexual men aren't actually bisexual because if they dress too feminine, then they're gay. And if they dress too masculine, then they're faking it to get more girls. Which is just... Why can't you just be happy it's with like the way the people are comfortable? You can't, can't win. win. Nobody can win. No, no one. It's so hard to be Except for cisgender, heterosexual except, men. Except for cis <laughs> Who make men. these rules. Yeah, yeah except <laughs> yeah. for cis men, yeah. Um, who create these rules that women have to look a certain way and yeah. men have to look a certain way. Yeah. And if you're non-binary or if you're gender non-conforming, you owe androgyny. Yeah. And, like, stuff like that. Like, it, it, it's just, you know, it took a long time for me to accept that I didn't owe anybody androgyny. Yeah. To be validated as a non-binary person. Yeah. And it was crazy to me that in high school, um, a lot of girls that I was friends with um, were not the kind that would get all dressed up for school and mm-hmm. would wear makeup every day. They were like me, who would roll out of bed, throw on some leggings and a hoodie, and go to school. Yeah. And girls like that would be made fun of by other girls. And that was crazy yeah. to me. The like, patriarchy these, pits women against each these other. These girls have this idea in their head of how we're supposed to... How we're supposed to look in society no matter what gender you are yeah like so and i feel like everybody has those kinds of uh, not everybody but a lot of genders not just girls have those kind of uh expectations and so women expect other women to dress a certain way oh yeah and it's not all women not all no of course expect that from other women yeah but But there is a select few i i i hadn't come out as non-binary yet so other you know, I knew I wasn't a girl, but other people didn't. So they viewed me as a girl. Yeah. And I would get, like, viciously made fun of mm-hmm. for the way I would dress at school. And, like, people would tell me that I looked homeless mm-hmm. or that I was ugly or that, or, like, oh, my God, here comes Ray. They can't afford clothes. And, mm-hmm. like, they can't afford real clothes. And I was like, why Why are you doing that? Yeah. Like, why are you pitting yourself against me? Shouldn't we be building each yeah. other up? And, like, why Why is the way that I am dressing bothering you so intimately in your personal yeah. life? First of all, I don't understand bullying at all. Like, why, does it, why are you upset that I'm ugly? 
Yeah. Why, why that's a me problem. That's a me problem. Why are you so upset that I'm unattractive? Yeah. Why is that an issue for you? Yeah. I've never understood both. Neither have I. It's like, cool, I'm fat. I know. Why are you telling me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm aware. You're yeah. aware. Everybody around me is aware. And then it's Why the... Why are you announcing it yeah. to me? <laughs> and then it's the, you're not fat. You're beautiful. No, no I'm, no, I'm, I'm, totally I'm hot as hell, no, but I'm also fat. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can be both. Yeah. But then there's the girls who would make fun of me for being fat. And yeah. I remember being like... I remember, like, it got to a point in high school where I stopped caring about the bullying and I just started, like, responding in ways where they could not win. Like, no matter how that is That is home. iconic, Ray. Like, there was this one girl who would torment me. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm not gonna name names, but she of would course. torment me. And, uh, I was walking down the hall one day and, um, I turned the corner and she was walking down the hall and she goes, oh, here comes the whale. And I had a brief moment when I looked at her and I said, I remember saying to her, I was like, okay, I have a question. And she was like, what? And I was like, I have a question. And she was like, what's your question? And I was like, I know I'm fat. I'm cool with it. I don't know why it bothers you so much. Yeah. I was like, why are you so upset about that? I was like, how does that affect you at all? Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, because you have to see me, bitch, I have to see you. Yeah. Like, why? I got some issues with the way that you're looking, like, but I'm not naming them. I got some issues with everything about you. Yeah. Like, why are you so upset that I'm fat? Like, how does that change your day-to-day life? Yeah. And I remember her, like, looking at me. And not being able to come up with a good response. Just going, fuck you. And walking away. And I was like... So I won. I was like, so I won. I was like, so I won. Yeah. And I was like, what is... I, I like couldn't understand what her problem was. And then, like, there was one time when um, I was in high school and I was saving for a car. I was mm-hmm. working and I was saving for a car. And um, I was considered I was made fun of a lot for being poor. I was not poor. But I was yeah. made fun of for being poor. You also live in an area where I, I feel also like a live lot in of a very rich neighborhood. Yes. And I'm not a rich kid. I'm yeah. I'm just like a normal human being. Yeah. Um so these kids I my dad was on a fishing trip mm-hmm. and I was borrowing his car so I could go to school because I had my license and I would borrow his car when yeah. I so I was driving myself to school and I felt all high and mighty. Yeah, you feel awesome. Nineteen ninety six Jeep Cherokee that you could hear from a mile away because my muffler was shot. I was feeling all, I was feeling real bad. Yeah, you're like, wow, I'm hot shit. I was feeling, I was feeling real, uh, like a bad bitch that day. And I leave school and I go out to the parking lot and do you know spindles? Like homeless people, they have the stick with like the cloth on the end. Yes. I walked to the car, my dad's car and somebody had tied a plastic bag uh-huh. to the end of a stick uh-huh. and put it on the hood of the car to imply that I was homeless. To imply that I was so poor that I was homeless. Ew. And I thought that it was the funniest thing that had ever happened to yeah. me. So I immediately, knowing that these kids were watching from the other side of the parking lot. Because I saw them in a group as I was walking before I noticed the Okay, the yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, oh, they're probably smoking weed. And then I walked over and I was like, oh, so that's why they're over here. Yeah. So 
I thought it would be really funny uh-huh. if I put my backpack on the ground, opened it up, and started putting my stuff into the plastic <laughs> bag that was tied to the stick. Yeah. So that's what I did. I took out my wallet and my keys and my phone and, like, all small stuff that I could fit in a plastic bag, and I started putting it in the plastic bag. And meanwhile, I'm going, this is great. I got something to carry. Oh, my God. And no then, bag. And then as I was getting in the car... I hoisted it over my shoulder, and I looked at them, and I waved, and I was like, thanks, guys, and I got in the car, and I drove home. That is wonderful. the next day, that was, like, one of the very, like, last times that I was bullied. Yeah. That was one of the very last times I was made fun of, Uh because halfway through junior year, Mm -hmm. I cared so little, and I reacted in a way that they weren't getting the reaction they wanted, and they gave up. (laughs) So... The fact that, like, you know, expectations of the way we look can, or the way we act, or class, can cause people to bully other people. Yeah. Is crazy to me, and just says how negative expectations can be. Absolutely. How, what a negative effect that these, like, societal expectations can have. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy to me that that was a thing. That these people were like, okay, you're fat. I'm gonna make you feel horrible about it. Yeah. You're tall. I'm gonna make you feel bad about it. Yeah. Like you're really smart. I'm gonna make you feel bad about it. Yeah. Like all this stuff, or like you're not in the same um, class as me, so I'm gonna make you feel bad about it because you're poor. Yeah. Which I was not. Yeah. I was considered Wayne poor. Yeah. Which is, like, a normal working class human being. Yeah. So, so, like, it was just crazy to me. Yeah. Um, so, it, it was wild to me that, like, expectations could not only make mm-hmm. us put, ex- put unrealistic standards, hold yeah. ourselves to unrealistic standards, it can make other people feel like garbage because then they feel like they have to adhere to somebody else's schedule. Yeah. It can pit people... Oh my god! Against yeah. each other. Oh my god! And it can yeah. make people bully other people, yeah. which bullying is just so stupid. It's so dumb. It shouldn't happen. No. Like I said, wh- how does it make sense? Yeah. That I look a certain way. Yeah. So you're mad about it. It doesn't, like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Like, wouldn't it make sense if, like, I was bullying you, and you're like, why are you bullying me? And I was like, I'm mad that I'm fat. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, that makes like, more sense. Like, you're and that makes me mad. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? But, like, then that wouldn't even make sense. Exactly. Because, like, why do I care that somebody else is skinny? You know exactly. What I mean? Like, I don't understand why we're so concerned about other people, and we have these expectations that make us so concerned about what other people are doing and how yeah. other people act and how other people look. And like, I used to have kids make fun of me for being smart in class. Yeah. Like, I stopped answering questions in class mm-hmm. in like middle school because kids used to make fun of me for being smart. Yeah. And I remember like halfway through high school. I got out of my treatment program, and I remember, like, being in treatment and him asking a question, and I knew the answer um, about some kind of, like, uh, Mm -hmm. statistic about bipolar disorder. And he was like, does anybody know this statistic? And I knew it, and I didn't say anything. And Mm -hmm. he looked at me, and he was like, you look like you want to say something. And I was like, no, like, I know it, but I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. why would you not? I was like, I don't want to seem like I, 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 I don't really like showing that I'm smart. 
Yeah. And he was like, why? And I explained. And then we started working on, like, me getting more comfortable showing the fact that I was intelligent. Yeah. So, like, halfway through high school, I stopped caring. And I would, like, answer questions. And it was really funny because the t- I was just, like, I was... I was kind of an asshole the last two years of high school. Yeah. Purely because I knew that that was the best way for me to get them to stop. Yeah. And I knew that eventually it would pay off. Like, mm-hmm. if I just reacted in a certain way, um, eventually they would give up. Because yeah. Because they weren't getting the, like, victim reaction out of me. Yeah. And I remember, like, I was in my um, writing workshop class, and I answered, I raised my hand, and I answered a question about Edgar Allan Poe, which we know, I'm, he's Obsessed my, he's my interest in Yeah. Um, he's my favorite author. So I raised my hand, and I said this thing, and then I also included a fact about, like, his biography um, that was relevant to the question. Yeah. I think she'd asked about, like, what we thought a certain poem was about and if we thought that he had any influences. And I said, well, yes, I think it's about this. And I think his influence was, I've done a lot of research on Poe, and in the past this is what happened and this is what was happening around that time mm-hmm. so this that's the context for this i think that could have influenced that and i remember like some kid behind me like muttered that like the f slur mm-hmm. like because i was smart and apparently that made me an f slur yeah um so i remember like my teacher hearing it and going hey and i remember like before she could say anything else i turned around and i was like okay you didn't know the answer so she was good. So aren't you happy that I answered it? So she didn't call on you and you didn't look stupid. <laughs> and she was like, and the kid was like staring at me in shock because I had always yeah. just kind of like taken it. And then junior year, I was a, I was a new, I was a new breed. Mm-hmm. I was a new breed. I was a mess mentally, mm-hmm. but I was so over the bullying that I was willing to do anything I had to, to get it to end. Yeah. And eventually it did mm-hmm. because eventually that stopped. And my reactions were just so not what they wanted yeah. that they just gave up because they weren't getting what they wanted from me anymore. Yeah. So I just remember, like, turning around and I was being like, you didn't know the answer. What if she called on you? You would have looked dumb. You're welcome <laughs> for me answering a question you didn't know the answer to. <laughs> and I remember this kid just being like, oh, oh, oh. And I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then I turned back around, and the teacher, who had known me from the year before, Uh had never seen me like that, was just staring at me with, like, the thousand-yard stare. Like, Like, what do I do? Utter shock. Yeah. Utter shock. And I didn't say anything mean. Yeah. So it's not like she could be upset with me. And she was like, whatever you've been doing, keep doing it. And then she just kept teaching. (laughs) That is wonderful. She was like, whatever changed, keep it that way. And then she just kept teaching. Um, And it was hilarious. But, like, expectations in gender and expectations in society can be so harmful. So damaging. So damaging. So harmful and so damaging. Oh, my God, And not, like, you know, I've, I've, I'm guilty of doing this myself, but I have said that I don't necessarily think I'm outwardly attractive to other people because I don't fit the typical beauty standard. Mm -hmm. Fuck the typical beauty standard. Societal beauty standards are dumb. No, oh, yeah. everybody is beautiful in their own way. Oh my god, yeah. Everybody is beautiful. And you don't want a partner who's going to sit there and be like, I find you beautiful because you have long brown hair like no. Megan Fox. No. You deserve a partner who's going to see partner, you. 
I want a partner that's going to be like, you're smart and it's hot. Like, you know what I mean? Or like, you'll be dead asleep, snoring as loud as possible, drooling, and you'll just wake up to them, like, gazing at you, being like, you're beautiful. Like, Like, that, like, I want a partner that could power me to solve world hunger. (laughs) (laughs) That feeling makes me want to punch God. like I would love a partner that like I wake up in the morning and I ha- I'm doing my like make my not my makeup routine my skin routine and I'm like doing like the toner and the serum and the acne medication gel yeah. and then the acne moisturizer and I want to like be rubbing my face very violently to get it in and have my partner just be like you're so beautiful <laughs> my hair's yeah. up in a messy bun yeah like, but that's I, what you deserve there's a mess I I didn't brush it since i woke up my breath stinks because i haven't brushed my teeth yet yeah. he's like you're just perfect yeah <laughs> i feel like that's the kind of love that everybody deserves that's the kind that everybody deserves. that's that's the kind that every, every good person deserves <laughs> let me asterisk that real quick yeah. if you're a bad person fix it fix it <laughs> fix it reevaluate come back next week come back next week <laughs> so we have hit our mark yeah in an hour and uh, almost three minutes look at us go look at us go i it's funny because i i didn't realize how passionate we were gonna get about this yeah no same um i'm putting a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode i have decided to mm-hmm. um no longer censor the podcast episodes okay yeah um because i think it takes away an element of authenticity absolutely and i think because i'm saying on youtube no it's not made for kids that i I am allowed to have cussing on the podcast and i feel like cutting out curse words and like adding like a beep effect um does kind of remove an element of the authenticity of what's being said and it does kind of remove the listener I think it removes the listener from what the message that's coming across because they're like, oh, well, you're saying this, but you're not really supporting it because you're, like, passionate about it and you're cursing about it, but then you censored it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I've just decided to stop censoring the um, podcast episodes, and from here on out, it's just I'm not going to do it. So, yeah. yeah. Sounds good to me. So thank you for uh, coming. Thank you for having me. For tonight's episode. Um, We took a hiatus last week because i was burnt out yeah. <laughs> life happens life happens we life were busy happens. with school oh my god we yeah had so much going on midterm i don't know about Schedules you midterms are coming crazy. up for me midterms are coming oh my yeah. god could you believe that i feel like we just i feel like i just started <laughs> oh back god. in school like yesterday yeah yeah it's crazy yeah um i'm looking forward to goat yoga we have decided <gasps> me and hannah decided that we were gonna go to goat yoga i got to pet a baby cow yeah, last we pet night cows. oh my god and I saw a zonkey. I'm still riding on the high. Yeah. I saw a zonkey for the first time. I didn't know that was a thing. Neither it, did I. It was a, at the farm. It was part zebra, part donkey. Yeah. So it was like half zebra, half donkey. And it had like some stripes, but it was also brown. But the legs were white with the black stripes. Yeah. And I was like, you are gorgeous. Yeah. When I was a kid, I had a weird phase where I was like obsessed with zebras. Really? I don't know why. I had That's this, like, me currently with phase. others. <laughs> it's funny to me because I was so clearly ADHD. Yeah. That I would hyper fixate on things. Oh, yeah. Everybody was like, oh, you're in- you're so, you have so many interests. And I was like, I'm mentally ill. Yeah. <laughs> I would like hyper fixate on things. So for a while, my thing was zebras. And I had like a poster of zebras. Oh, yeah. You're like super into it. And I like printed out like 
a zebra like anatomy and I like colored it in yeah. and I hung it on my wall and I was like zebras and then now, and everyone's like wow they're gonna be a zoologist and you're yeah. just like give me all the information all the and information. then the next week you're like zebras Ugh. Yeah, yeah yeah and then now like my major is psychology and my hyperfixation right now is music production yeah <laughs> yeah and it's just really it's really funny to me that like that's a thing that yeah i would hyperfixate on things so much and i thought it was so funny that like I had this phase with zebras, and then I saw this donkey, and I, like, remembered all these, like, yeah. days where, like, I would, like, come home, and I would, like, read books about zebras. I love that. Which is, I was, I had no friends. So, <laughs> so, so I'd come home, and I would, like, read, like, um, like, uh, what's the word? Like, Animal Planet books yeah. about, like, zebras. Yeah. And then, um, my hyperfixation ended. Because my teacher recommended me a uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's great. I get to learn about zebras. And then I learned that zebras have predators. <laughs> and, they get wah, eaten, wah, wah. and they get eaten by lions. Yeah. Um, pretty aggressively. that ended the hyperfixation pretty quick. Yeah, it that'll... kind of traumatic. That'll put a stop in that. Because I remember being like, <laughs> my teacher wouldn't recommend me something where I have to watch a zebra get eaten, would she? And the, yeah, she did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> an icon. And I remember being like, no! <laughs> so upset. I was like, like, foaming at the mouth. <laughs> sobbing i was like rabid <laughs> just just like drooling all over myself snot coming out of my face i was like <laughs> it was horrible it was a it was a horrible nightmare that was me with i had a, a english lab as my first dog he yeah. was the best dog in the world um and when he died very suddenly of doggy cancer, oh my god! I was like, I need to learn more about this breed so ne- next time he'll stay alive forever. And so you know what I did? I read Marley and Me. No, my dog looked exactly like that? Marley. I walked downstairs. Oh my! After god. I finished the book, and I looked up at my mom. Mom looked at me and she said, "You finished the book, huh?" <laughs> and I just went, "Yeah." <laughs> And I remember sitting in her lap at two in the morning. Yeah. Sobbing. And that ended that. Yeah. And that ended that interest very fast. Yeah. (laughs) Very fast. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I remember distinctly having a hyperfixation as a little kid. I was obsessed with ladybugs. Really? I had a big thing for ladybugs. I everybody in my life knew that I had a big thing for ladybugs. I had dresses that had ladybugs. That's so on cute. Them. Like my comforter had ladybugs uh-huh. on it. Like all that stuff. I was like obsessed with ladybugs. I had like backpacks that had ladybugs. Yeah. Like embroidered on them. That's like I cute. was obsessed with ladybugs. And it's funny to me because I was so clear that I had something not right in my brain because I hyperfixated on things so intensely. Yeah. And it was just, so, and it was like periodically I would hyperfixate on things. Yeah. And it was really funny. Like now I know that's an ADHD thing. Yeah. But for a long time, I, I thought I just like was just a very passionate person. Yeah. But then I realized that I was like, oh no, I need medication. Yeah. Especially <laughs> being diagnosed later in life. Like I yeah. was, I was very fortunate to be diagnosed at a very, very, very young age. Yeah, I have I up and diagnosed until twenty. Yeah, up until the age of nineteen, I was consistently medicated mm-hmm. and constantly going 
to see my psychiatrist and the whole nine, which mm-hmm. I have to come back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you do. You do. I do. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't right? do yeah, that. You do. My reason for not going is valid, I think, personally. Okay. Okay. Um, but I remember before getting medicated, my hyperfixation was what I like to call my rock gardens. Let me <laughs> let me explain like how creepy this is. No. Even creepier. Very folklore fey type of witchy <laughs> shit. Okay. I would find rocks. Okay. Let me set the scene. My backyard is full of rocks. We had to get it exploded when I was younger because it wasn't safe for us to run around because oh of God. how many rocks were there. Yeah. Now it's flat because we've gotten it like excavated the whole Yeah, night. yeah. But I would walk around and find rocks, and I would set them up in a, in a big circle, and I would go out mm-hmm. every day with my little watering can, and mm-hmm. I would water them and make a new one, and water them and make a new one. And every single time that this happened, things would grow in it. And they weren't weeds. They were flowers we had nowhere else on the entire property. Don't know what that was about, oh, but that was you, my hyperfixation. You, you might have been a witch as a child. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Still am. It's okay. You might have been a witch as a child. I might have been a baby witch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here now. That's it's so okay. Funny. That's so funny. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna call it a night, and um, I'm gonna go to bed. That's a good idea. Um. Eventually. Yeah. So yeah. So. Oh my god. Thank you for uh coming over tonight. Thank I you for having it. me. I, I know that we didn't get a chance to uh, record the podcast last week, and. Uh, because I was exhausted and I think that's fair. Hung over. Yeah, that's um, fair. So <laughs> we were we were a little rough last Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I will uh sign off now, and you will sign off. Yeah. Now, and we will see you guys soon. Yeah. Hope. Hopefully next week. Hopefully Maybe. next week. I'm we'll not see. gonna say see you. Yeah, that's know, fair. Because Danielle made me very insecure about that. <laughs> <laughs> she just made me painfully aware of what I was saying. Yeah. And even though I genuinely meant see you next Tuesday, um, <laughs> she, she, I can't say it ever again, though. Yeah, that's fair. I, I can never say it again. Like, the other day, my friend and I were on campus, and mm-hmm. she was like, I'll see you next Tuesday, and I'll like, see you next week when it's Tuesday! See you <laughs> next week when it's Tuesday! <laughs> I said it, and then she was like, okay, bye. <laughs> she was probably like, wow, Ray is not having a good day. They're a little wonky. <laughs> and then I remember, like, having a brief moment of, did I just say see you next week when it's Tuesday? <laughs> see you at Tuesday o'clock. <laughs> oh, so, Oh, yeah. my goodness. So, have a good night, you guys. Have a good one. Have a good one.